Father Lord, we thank you, we bless you. The Almighty God, the All-Sufficient God. Thank you for a brand new day. Accept our thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, as we go into your word, we are that you teach us your word today as we study your word. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. All we are saying, Father, please, make all both the hearers and the doers of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. By the special grace of God, we are looking at the subject, reasons why you must not blame God. Reasons why you must not blame God. We are living in a world where people are blaming God for so many things. If there is God, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is that happening? My dear, today we are going to see the word of God. We are going to see the reasons why you and I must not blame God. But rather, we should blame ourselves. We should blame ourselves. That's the only truth. Before we go further, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ so that you can participate in everything we are going to do. Please say this word after me. Say, Father, I thank you for my life. I believe you died for my sin and you rose for my justification. Daddy, I open my heart to you. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my God in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Forgive all my sin. Write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Father, Lord, I come into your hand. As many that have confessed you as Lord and Savior today, please, Daddy, forgive all their sins. Write their name in the book of life. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Above all, Lord, grant them all grace to serve you faithfully unto the end. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you for the Lord for saving their soul. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. As many of you have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, your sin are forgiven you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, please join faithful, holistic, Bible-believing church around you. Read the Word of God and be obedient to the Word of God. Start with the New Testament Bible and be obedient to the Word of God. God will see all of us through and we will not miss heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Don't blame God. I'm going to look at reasons why we must not blame God and reasons why we must blame ourselves for whatsoever is happened to us, for whatsoever we are passing through. Yes, that is the truth. Not until we come to that level of blaming ourselves for what we are passing through, my dear, you will not be able to soar higher in life. You will not be able to take a new Live and turn a new leaf. That is all the truth. You're not able to make the right turn in life. If you are one among those that are still blaming people for what you are passing through, I would advise you you stop today because you are going to say the word of God. The word is perfect. The word is nothing but the truth. And you don't argue the word of God. Yours is just to believe it and take immediate action. Now, number one, God himself is a perfect God. That's what we are starting for. God is a perfect God. Deuteronomy 32, verse 3 and 4. Because I will punish the name 
because I will publish, rather, I will publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe greatness unto our God. Hmm. Because I will publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe what? Greatness unto our God. Why? He is the rock too. His walk is perfect. That's where we are going. His walk is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. A God of truth. And without iniquity. Just and right is he. This is the God that we are serving. This part of the scripture just explained to us. Some of the characteristics of the Almighty God. He has so many characteristics. I mean, he's the unchangeable changer. He's a waymaker. So many, you can, many things you can call him. But let's look at these scriptures now. He said we must ascribe to him what greatness. I love that song. Ascribe greatness to our God, the Rock, for He is perfect and all His way are just. Ascribe greatness to our God the Lord, for he is perfect and all his way are just. A God the faithfulness without injustice, goodness or pride is his. A God the faithfulness without injustice. Goodness or pride is he. So you can see that our God is a God of greatness. He is the rock. The Bible says his work is perfect even before the foundation of the world. All his ways are judgment. In other words, he is the God of justice and equity. Just and right is he. Just and right. So God is a perfect God. Without flaw, Without errors, without any form of mistakes. So this is number one reason why you should not blame God for anything you are passing through, for anything I am passing no matter what has happened in the world. Because if we begin to blame God for the offenses God himself has not committed, will be the worst sinner. I will be attracting God's judgment upon our life. Let me tell you something. Oh no, I can't. And I repeat, oh no, I can't. Any man should blame God for whatsoever he or she is passing through. For whatsoever is happened, nations of the world. Oh no, I can't. Because God has done all things well for all. The Bible says when he made all things, he said that everything he has done is good, is perfect. That is number one reason why you must not blame God. God walked by the principles of his word. Has given on the world, the Bible. His principles are there. We are to search it out and act on his principle. If you don't act on the principle of God, then someone will be acting on his own principle or on the principle of the devil or on the principles of humanity. So you can't be acting on your own principle. You can't be acting on your own way. You can't be acting on the principle of man-made rules and regulation. And when it backfires, you begin to blame God. Blame yourself, child of God. We are to blame ourselves. No matter two reasons. Why you must not blame God? Is John 10, 10. We were told the devil has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. 
But the Son of the living God has come to do what? To give us life and life abundantly. Do you know a lot of people are rejecting the life of God today? A lot of people, people of the world. You miss salvation to them, they'll tell you, I don't need your Jesus. There are people like that. So no matter what happens to those sets of people, you don't blame God. You don't hold God responsible. Because I have come in my father's name. You do not accept me. Say another one will come whom you don't be able to reject. And that is the devil. That is the devil. God have told us the assignment of the devil is to kill, is to steal, and is to destroy. So that is satanic assignment on the earth. God's assignment is a perfect God. It's a faithful God. And he always shows himself faithful to those that are faithful to him. While the devil's assignment is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Then our own assignment, we are going to look at it now. Because the Bible says God created both light and darkness. And he did that for his own purpose, not to destroy humanity. You don't know the beauty of light until you see darkness. That's just the truth. In fact, darkness is an avenue through which the product called light can be sold, can be exalted, can be glorified. Darkness is the atmosphere through which the glory of God has been designed to be made manifest to the world, to be exalted, to be glorified. That's why when you see that people are passing through challenges, difficulties, and when the light of God comes, boom, suddenly, the next thing is the evidence of God's glory you will see. People begin to rejoice, people begin to thank God. But if there is no darkness, how will you appreciate light? How will you? Let's look at Isaiah 45, verse 7. Isaiah 45, verse 7. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Have you seen that? So God created light. God created light. God created darkness. God created peace. God created even say, I do all this. Why? That his name alone will be glorified. Not to destroy humanity. Not to destroy humanity. Just as darkness is the product we are in light, is sold, made manifest. The same thing, even is a channel through which the goodness of God will be appreciated on the surface of the earth. Now, God is a perfect God. The devil is a destroyer. Now, you and I, let us focus on our own assignment that God has called us to do in this world, that we are abandoning, that we are not taking seriously. And that's the major reason why many bad things do happen to many good people at times. I am not saying that when bad things happen, it means that you are bad. No. Bad things do happen to good people at times. But in that condition, just give God the glory. Know it fully well that it's going to work together for your good. But here today we are looking at reasons why we must not blame God. Reasons why we must be full of thanksgiving to God at all times, irrespective of what is happening all over the world or around us. Now, number three, or I call it C, number A, God is a perfect God. 
Number B, Satan is on assignment to kill, to steal, and to destroy. C, God secret sources code for humanity. God secret sources code for humanity. I want to listen carefully. It's purely Bible study today. We just did some few prayer at the end. Number one, we see that in Matthew six thirty three, it says, "Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all other things shall be what shall be added unto us." But today, even in the Christian fold, how many of us are seeking the kingdom of God? And if we're ever seeking the kingdom, how many of us are seeking the righteousness of God in all that we do? Rather, we are seeking the canatins, we are seeking the mundanes, we put the rationale of God aside. We want to do it in our own way. I remember one of my sons, you know, I've been talking to concerning investment. He won't listen to me. I told him, I said, income equal consumption plus investment plus saving. That in any global economy, in any area in life, that principle stands forever. When you, when, you, when you deviate from that principle, you are going to make a shipwreck of your investment. As a businessman, you don't invest everything that you have made. You must have the one for saving, you must have the one for consumption, you must have the one for investment. But rather, when you make money, you pump everything back at the same time. He did that over and over. He refused to listen to me, and he lost virtually all his investment. But today, I thank God he have learned his lesson. I learned his lesson by the grace of God, I'm an economist. So at least, even though I'm a pastor, I know how the economy works. Just that you must understand how spiritual economy also works. So if you are not seeking God's kingdom, you are not seeking his righteousness, there is nothing that will be added to us. So this is one of the mistakes we are making. A lot of us are not seeking God's kingdom in a righteous way. Even in church today, all kind of wickedness is going on. You want to see maybe the so-called geo today, the second one to collect bread from you before you can see the man of God. We sow discord, we practice weak, all kind of wickedness, and when you are involved in this, God can never be happy with you, child of God. You must seek him as righteousness. That is when all other things will be added. The promotion, the goodness, the favor, the breakthrough that you are looking for will be given to you. Receive grace to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness so that whatsoever we are looking for will be given to us on the platter of gold in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number two secret sources is in giving. You see that in Luke 6, 38, it says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, running over, shall even men bring word into your own bosom. But when you don't give, it simply means you are not entitled to receive. And giving is not only in money, in kind, in services. You must give. Even at the time, the last you have, you can give it out. So that God can bless you the more. We must give. It's the word of God. In giving, you receive. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down. Shaking together, running over, shall make give into your bosom. He said, For with the same measure that ye met with all, it shall be measured to you again. Do you know that many of us believers are too selfish? 
do not to give. Everybody's expecting, expecting, expecting. It is more blessed to give than to receive. That's the word of our Lord Jesus Christ to Apostle Paul. More blessed. The giver hand is always on top. Their hand can never be underneath. Each time you are giving, your hand is on top. The one you are giving to their hand is under. So it's going to be elevated higher more. It's the one that gives. Give out your time to God. Give your weight to God. Give your resources to God. Give your wisdom, your knowledge to God, your talent, your ability. Don't sell them. Give it to God and let God bless you back in return. Give out prayers. Give out your skin, your preaching evangelism ability to God. We soul. And see God responding back to you. So when you are not receiving that time, ask yourself, do you give to people? And when you give out, do you give to those that want to reward you tomorrow? Although that cannot reward you. Giving is in all ramifications, not just only in the money. Give out your skin, give out your time, give out your counsel, your advice, your contribution to the progress of the kingdom. Give it out. These are God, secret success code. God has placed it there. You're like a man that wants to fly a plane. You want to fly a plane and you press the moving button. I mean, you press your starting button, then the plane begins to gather momentum. After a while, you, you press the moving button, and from moving button to flying button. If your plane is on motion, it's flying, and you mistakenly press the wrong button, that plane will crash land. It's a principle in life. There's nothing everybody can do against it. Or you are driving a car, your car is on gear 4, you're already on a high speed. And suddenly you want to play Superman, you put the gel of your car in the reverse, that car, everything inside is gone. So who do you blame for source 18? Is it God? It's the one that is involved. It's not even the devil. It's because we are not following principle. Children of God, please let us catch the revelation of the word of God. So that anywhere we are missing needs, we begin to speak to ourselves, begin to repent, and begin to readjust. So that God can have his way fully in our life. Fully in our life. Number three, our services to God. For instance, in Amos chapter 6, verse 1, the Bible says, Cause are all believers that are easy, that are not doing anything for God. That are not doing anything for Imagine that word. That word. When you work for God, God says it's going to bless you. So if you are not working for God, that means it's a cause. On the other hand, how can you call yourself a child of God? You are not doing anything for God in the house of God. All you come is to come and warm the bench, to come and entertain. What is your contribution to the household of faith? You are in a church. You, are not, you don't belong to evangelism department. You don't belong to prayer department. You don't belong to counseling department. You are simply, that, that kind of believer is simply a liability to God. And God won't be happy. Now God placed cause on believers that are at ease in Zion when you are not doing anything. And he placed blessing on them also that are walking in his kingdom. Pronounce blessing on them. You see that in Exodus. Let's look for the blessing side. Exodus 23, 20 to 22. Let's look at it one by one. I can even read the more than that. He said, Behold, I sent an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared for thee. Look at that. 
Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. 22. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then, look at that, I will be an enemy unto thy enemies and an adversary unto thy adversaries. That is the word of God. Look at 25 to 26 now. Where I'm really going. And ye shall serve the Lord your God. Look at that. And ye shall serve the Lord your God. And he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be buried in the land. The number of their day. I will fulfill. How do you get this? By serving the Lord. How do I serve the Lord? You work for him. We serve for him. Support the kingdom business. You can't be in a church thing is not working well. Instead of you to think of what to do for the work of God to move on, you jump out. You are looking for places where things are already working fine so that you can be comfortable. No! It is an opportunity for you to be involved and to turn things around. To turn things around. Don't join people that complain and murmuring about the work of God. In Deuteronomy 28, 47 to 48, God placed a curse on them. Those that, are not, those that are not serving God with joyfulness, with gladness, God placed cause on them. And those that are working for God, doing the work of God, God has also blessed them. He said, we bless their bread, we bless, they will never laugh food. He said, I will take away sickness from them, they will leave a divine head. He said, not to shakar, they are young, not be barren in that land, not that wash, they will be fruitful in everything they do. He said, the number of their day, they will not die premature death. You read further. I will send my fear before thee, and I will destroy all the people to him thou shalt come, and I will make all thy enemies to turn their back unto thee. God will go ahead of to remove all opposition from your life just because you are serving him faithfully. So these are God's secret success code. These are things God expects us to do so that things can work perfectly with us. But many of us now, nothing we are doing for God. And you want manner to fall, you want heaven to fall. It doesn't work like that. You must obey the principles. And let God manifest himself in your life. In your life. Look at Merush, for instance, in the book of Judges. I would like to read this. In the book of Judges, chapter 5, the battle between Caesarea, the battle between Caesarea and Barak, when the children of Israel were out to come out for battle, Merush refused to go and join and to help against the mighty that rose up against God. And that was a God placed cause on him. So these are the things thing that happen. When the work of God has been destroyed, you are a child of God, you are a miserable of the God, you, some of all, you are happy. You see your Christian brother falling, you are happy. What is your gain in somebody falling? What is your gain? What is your benefit? When the work of God is not going on well, you should be provoking your spirit and do something. When you enter a local church, make a positive impact. Don't destroy the work of God. Don't gossip people. Pray for them, rather. Look at what happened in Judges chapter 5. Let it 23 to 26. Cause ye Merush, said the angels of the law, cause ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to the help of the Lord, to help of the Lord against the mighty. Look at the one that helped now. Blessed above women shall die the wife of Haba the Kenite. B. Blessed shall she be above women in the ten wife. And the enemy of the Lord asked water, and she gave him meat. She brought forth butter in a lowly dish. She put her hand to the knee, 
and her right hand to the workman's hammer, and with the hammer she smote his area. She smote off his head when she had pierced and stricken through his temple. And her feet, he bowed, he fell. He lay down at her feet, he bowed, he fell. Where he bowed, there he fell down dead. That is it. Here you see, we are two set of believers. One came out to fight the battle of the Lord. The other one hold on to his job. Merus is into husbandry. So he loved hearing the sound of his music, the, 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 the voices of his animal. He refused to come to help in the fighting the battle of the Lord. He gave the mind. That was the danger of the Lord. Place a cost on him. So you can realize that people that are not working for God, that are not doing anything for God, they are working under divine causes. So tell me how those are the believers will break through in life. Because they don't understand God's secret success code. Rather, they keep, don't stop blaming God. Blame yourself. You've not done right. I blame myself. I take responsibility for whatever happened in my home, in my family, in my ministry, in my life. Because I am the head. I like to tell my children, anything you pass on in life, don't blame anybody. Hold yourself responsible. Because you have not done what God asked you to do. And if paraventure you have done what God asked you to do, and things are not still working fine with you, then be patient. Unto God. The Bible says, I haven't done all we need to do. It says, you have need of patience that ye might hear the promise. Keep on praising, keep on worshiping him. As long as you are not living in sin, as long as you are working within the principles of the word of God, knowing very well that the end will favor you. That's the truth. It's a question of time. The end will surely favor you. Will surely favor you. Don't be like Jonah that God sent to Tashis. I mean, God sent him to Nineveh, rather. He ran to Tashis. So his shark had to swallow him up, pick him again from Tashis back to Nineveh. Don't wait until shark will swallow you up, child of God. Do what God wants you to do. These are God's secret success code. When we step on it, things will work fine. Let me tell you, when you are working, God cannot even allow you to force it because you are so important in his kingdom. I can't remember when someone like me force a class. I cannot even remember vividly when I say I force a class. Because God owes my time, everything. No matter how might be your business, you must have time for God. Work for him and let the blessing come. That is it. Number four, prayer is another powerful secret success code. But under many of us, we are not prayerful enough. Men ought always to pray and never to faint. We see people in the Bible that attain greatness through prayer. Someone like Daniel, through his prayer life and his faithfulness, he went to the dawn of lion, he came back alive, his enemy died in his place. Esther, through the power of prayer, God released ambushment against all the enemies of the Jews. They all died in the place of the Jews through the power of prayer. Power of prayer. Jabez's life was turned around for good. A man of non-entity, a man that not know anywhere, he stepped on that key, on the key of prayer, and he obtained his breakthrough. God have told him in Isaiah 62, 6 to 7, that we should never stop praying. We should keep on asking, calling upon the name of God. We should not stop praying until God has answered our prayer, until God has done exactly what he promised that he's going to do in our life. But all the time, some of all we pray, we give up. Keep on praying. Keep on knocking. That's what God said. That is the promise of the word of God. Let it that. Isaiah 62, 6 to 7. Isaiah 62, 6 to 7. I have set watchman upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which has never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. Often time we keep silent. We talk too much and we pray less. That is the truth. 
you talk too much, if you can cover your talking period to prayer time, you can see the impact you will make. Verse 7, and give him no rest till he establish, till he make Jerusalem a praise in the end. This is the principle. Don't stop praying, not until you have received answer to whatever you are asking. That is what saved Daniel from the prince of Persia. The first day he asked, he got an answer. But the devil blocked prayer, answer, from reaching him. But he keep on praying, not until he received answer to his prayer. He did not quit. So my dear, don't quit. Because a quitter will never win. A quitter will never win. And a winner will never quit. That is just the truth. The power of prayer is very, very vital. Then one of the strongest key that normally I preach about every day is obedience to the word of God. Obedience to the word of God. We see that in Exodus, that read that Exodus 23, 20 to 22. When you obey God, God will be an enemy to your enemy. He will be an adversary to our adversary. We have to obey him in all things. Don't jump people that disobey God. It's one of the strongest principles of God's secret success code in life. Many of us children of God will disobey God too much. And you expect manna to fall. You expect him to work for us. God doesn't work like that. Isaiah 1, 19 to 20. Isaiah 1, 19 to 20. He said when we obey him, we will eat the fruit of the land. We will enjoy the benefits of the land. But when we disobey, he said the sword will devour. The same thing he said in Job 36, 11 to 12. Job 36, 11 to 12. He said when we serve him and we obey him, we shall spend our year in prayer and our year in prosperity. Is the word of God. Please, let us walk by the principles of the word of God and let God move our life forward. Instead of blaming God, if there is God, why did this happen to me? Why that? There's nothing that happened that God does not reveal. There is nothing. I remember a man of God saying that God delivered him his entire family from the hand of Herod. They wanted to kill him, kill the wife and kill the God told them that they should go and relocate inside a wilderness and go and stay there for a while. Because Herod is trying to kill them and they obey God. And they went to hide themselves in the wilderness, very far away from the city. These were there for almost five to six months. And God told them, the Herod that want to kill you, I'll kill that Herod, go back to your base, and they return back. But if that kind of man of God is not sensitive, maybe overnight, you just hear that a particular man of God, the one that children, they have died. Why? Because they did not step on God's city success code of obedience. When God said they should leave the city for the jungle to stay. So please, God move in diverse ways. Find that God's will for your life and obey it. And as we do that, God will move our life forward significantly. Another powerful secret success code is tight and vow. Tight and vow. A lot of believers, we don't pay our tithe. We don't pay our tithe. Some will tell you, don't pay. Don't, please, don't, that's why I'm taking time to open the scripture so that you see all these things in the Bible. Go back and sit down and read. Malachi 3, 8 to 12. Malachi 3, 8 to 12. Attract blessings, it also attract causes. For those who are paying tight, God bless them. For those who are not paying, God release causes upon them there. So a lot of believers, they are working under God's divine causes. That is the truth. And our things are not working for a lot of believers. You see, Malachi 3, let me just read it, 8 to 12. He said, We a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, Wherein have ye robbed thee? In tithe and offering. He said, Ye are caused with a cause, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. 
He now went forward and said, Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. Approve me now herewith, say the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Look at what he went for that, and I will do what I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast a fruit before the time in the feet. See the Lord of hosts. Look at verse 12. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delight on some land. See the Lord of hosts. These are blessings waiting for all believers that are faithfully paying their tithe. Even ministry. Ministry, you have to pay tithe. You must pay the tithe of your tithe. It's biblical to another church higher than you so you can draw grace. That is the truth. For those who are not paying, who are not fulfilling their vow also, it's the same thing. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, 4 to 6. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, 4 to 6. When the child of God refused to fulfill the vow he has made to God, he said God would list his angel to destroy the work of the hand of that particular child of God. Why must you wait for God to destroy the world? That's why don't let anybody force you to make vow. Most especially in some of the Pentecostal churches. If you want it to happen, come. Don't let anybody force you to make vow. Make a vow of the money you know that you, cannot, you, that you can pay. Don't make the vow of money you cannot pay. Because there's this scenario that you cannot pay, you can cancel my dear. Be careful. <laughs> Look at what the Bible says. Let me go through it. Ephesians chapter 5. I would like to read it so that we know the word of God. 4 to 6. When thou viest a vow unto God, defile not to pay it. <laughs> For he had no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thy hands? For in the multitudes of dreams are many words that are also diverse vanity. But fear thou God. Fear God. Don't make fun because people, a man of God is shouting, eh, let us vow. Let, please, if you don't have the money, don't go. Don't go. Don't tell me it's an error. Now God is saying, say, don't allow the angel of God to destroy the work of your hand. And he say, when you vow, make sure you pay. Don't tell people that I'm going to look for how to pay. Don't believe those doctrines. People say, okay, we can cancel. Don't ever look for how to fulfill your vow. So when you make a vow you don't pay, it becomes a debt and an avenue through which God can ruin the life of source a person. It's very, very vital that we pay our vow, we fulfill our vow and pay our tithes. This is just God's secret source. There are many of it. Then, number seven, that many people normally abandon, the mystery of mercy and grace. The mercy of mystery and grace. You must know that God has said, I will have mercy, no, I will have mercy, no, compassion, no, I will have compassion. So it is not of him that willeth, neither of him that runneth. It's of God that showeth mercy. We must always call upon the mercy of God. It is not by our power, it is not by our mind we are going to pray to him. So if you are shared of God, you are totally with God's mercy, you are totally with God's grace, you don't ask for God's mercy and grace, my dear. The person may remain there all the days of his life. Don't toy with God's grace and mercy. It's a surest way to help us. It's a surest way to pardon us and to make sure that God fulfills his covenant 
concerning our life. Because there are many things we can never, never achieve in life. Not until God shows us mercy. It's very, very vital. Romans chapter 9, from verse 14. What shall we say then? Is there unrational with God? God forbid. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willing, not of him that running, but of God that showeth mercy. We must be asking God for mercy. The unmerited favor of God to help us to achieve greater things in life that God wants us to achieve. I want to ask for grace, supernatural enablement to do what we cannot do naturally. These two keys are very, very vital as God's secret sources code in life. Even when you have done all you need to do, you've done all your fasting, prayer, your prayer, you must still ask God for mercy. Mercy in the sense that to pardon our error, our flaw, our mistake, and still give us what he has ordained for us in life and in ministry. Just like David, David committed terrible, wicked sin. In fact, he used his mouth to pronounce his own judgment. But God showed him mercy. He said, thou shalt not die. God has forgiven thy sin. That is mercy. That's how mercy works. Mercy speaks and stops judgment from having its way against our soul. So we must always ask him for mercy every day of our life. Lord, have mercy on my soul. Lord, grant me grace to do all you want me to do. Lord, grant me grace to do everything you want me to do. God, show me mercy. Show me mercy. Show me mercy. Mercy is God's unmerited favor. It's a supernatural enablement that may God to pardon your mistake in the midst of all old and still give you the breakthrough that you are trusting God for. By special grace of God, we will look at the remaining seven points in part two. Faith power, power of confession, the power of imagination, and of course, the power of visual reality, the power of evangelism, the power of character and inability to recognize opportunity. And of course, the powers of thanksgiving. These are God's secret sources God will look at in part two of Don't Blame God. Please, I beg you, share the word of God with as many people that possibly would need the word of God. Still remember, we are still in this month and our watch word is still in the book of Psalm 65 verse 11. Thou crowned the year with thy goodness and thy power drop fatness. We receive grace to walk in the path of the law. We receive grace to step on secret sources code in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Looking forward to see you in part two.